We are on the mic, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so this is the first episode that we are recording, Soph and I, in our new home, which is super fun. It's going to get, I think, a little bit sweaty in this small room with the fan off and no AC, but that's fine. Um, I was also already a little bit sweaty from the race, so no worries about that. But what I was going to say is um, my like pre-recording prep cycle is starting to get very intense and very long. Like I think when we first started the podcast, we were just like, I just like jump on the mic 10 seconds after Sophie got things set up. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's like, for, well, first of all, I needed to make a snack prior to recording. So I wasn't too hungry. I have a bowl of cherries to like snack on throughout recording if i get a little peckish um but i also made myself a cheese quesadilla solid but i was also like okay i need to make my regular throat comfort because that's a necessity for recording but then every time i make the throat comfort all of the slime that lives inside of my body starts to move and so then i'm on the mic and then i'm like choking because i have slime draining down the back of my throat and so this time i was clever and i was like you know what i'll do is while the quesadilla is heating up on the stove i will go do a sinus rinse and do the neti pot oh my god i thought about doing this too and i'm so mad i didn't go oh my god it was amazing honestly i recommend but so yeah so then i did my neti pot and then i made my tea and then while i was eating my snack i sat here and made my notes for recording so Mm -hmm. it did take almost 40 minutes to get ready for recording today however i do feel about a hundred percent more prepped than i have ever felt for recording before that's awesome i love that i love that for you i love that for us yeah the only my only regret is that I didn't have time for a shower, but you know I'll take a I'll take a post recording shower. Yeah, no worry. I'm still in my pajamas. It's one p.m. on a yeah. Sunday, so I yeah no no worries. I I decided my my post race pre recording prep was to tidy up, make my bed. Um, so I feel accomplished. But yeah, you know, same yeah. same yeah same same. <laughs> So I had, I will say, very low expectations for the Hungarian GP. Mm -hmm. Especially after such an eventful weekend last week. And I was like, oh, yeah, the universe is going to give us a break this time. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, it's a circuit that, you know, the the corners aren't that crazy or anything. Like... Mm -hmm that's it's pretty hard to pass like it's not particularly high speed nor low speed like it's just such a middle of the road track and i was expecting such a middle of the road race and instead we got like probably the most fun race of the season to watch so far definitely i mean i was i was thrown for a loop uh partially because i woke up at 903 right as the the lights had just gone out and some action that I walked into took me back and I was like, wait, what? Sorry, what? What happened? So, Kate, can you enlighten me and the rest of the, the listening audience here as to what happened in lap one? Yeah, absolutely. So we also we were watching like, you know, prior to race start, but only by a little bit. Something about getting up at 9 a.m. or like 830 for race start really hit different today. Mm hmm. So there was rain at the Hungaro ring prior to the race today. Mm-hmm. And it and was... we know that rain is, is such a devil when yes. it comes to, to racing. Yes. The great, uh, the great equalizer, as they that say. Is. 
and was only sort of like drizzling by the time we got to race start but Mm -hmm. as it had turned out it had dumped quite a bit of water onto some parts of the track so everyone on the field i think i believe all 20 drivers started the race on the intermediate tire not the full wet but not a slick tire so a tire with tread lights go out race starts Mm -hmm. As I'm familiar always. with this bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As always, sprint down to the first corner, the first turn, where this is really uh, where the race starts to fall apart, you know, a hundred <laughs> yards into it. Turn one. Okay. Yeah. Turn one. So Lewis had a great start. Valtteri had a horrible start. Lewis had qualified on pole position. So it was Lewis, Valtteri, then Max um, okay. leading the field. Lewis had a really good start. Valtteri had a horrible start and immediately fell back to like fifth. Lando Norris was basically passing him on the pit wall side, on the right hand side. And then uh, Sergio Perez was passing him pretty much on the left hand side. Okay. And bad week for Valtteri. He basically outbraked himself. He braked too late for being on the intermediate tire, going with that much speed into that turn slammed directly into the back of Lando Norris. Oh, no. Which sent Lando Norris directly into the side of Max Verstappen. Valtteri, after hitting Lando, then went sailing into the right-hand side of Checo Perez. So, in one fell swoop, within moments, out of the race and retired, we have Valtteri Botas, Sergio Perez... We see Lando Norris and Max Verstappen limp away from that first collision. Yeah. Meanwhile, as this is happening, first of all, Lewis has a good start, manages to drive away from everything, doesn't get hit, which like... It's very like cool guys don't look at explosions and just turn around (laughs) and walk away of Lewis. Well, and honestly, a miracle after like the you know all of the drama of the max lewis collision last week that if there was going to be another mercedes red bull crash i think it was kind of essential that it was potest this time yeah so sorry to valtteri but um i can't even imagine if it had been lewis but anyway so lewis drives away whatever but this concertinaing up in the front of the pack I'm sorry, I just need to stop the program for a moment just to recognize, again, I had to look up a word that Kate used because I've never heard the word concertina-ing in a colloquial setting. To use another Kate Spinsky word for the edification of the audience, uh, concertina-ing is a collapsing of things coming together, a.k.a. Formula One cars collapsing into one another. We are many things here at the Lights Out Podcast, and being your personal dictionary is one of them. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to share. Get back to the program. This concertinaing up in the front of the pack leads to a second collision, wherein Jeez. Lance Stroll essentially does the same thing Valtteri does. <laughs> outbreaks himself. He even ends up kind of in the grass because he's trying to figure out how to avoid this. But, like, everyone's carrying too much speed into this first corner for this amount of action that's happening. Uh So Lance Stroll goes sailing into Charles Leclerc. The end result of all of this, immediately out, we have Valtteri Bottas, Checo Perez, Charles Leclerc, and Lance Stroll are immediately, like, the cars are totaled. Immediately now. And this is right as they red flagged and just... Yeah. Well, yeah, so that happens. They have a safety flag. So Charles gets to the second turn. He tries to break going into the second turn, completely spins his car because, like, it's just fucked. <sighs> As part of that collision with Charles Leclerc and Lance Stroll, we also saw 
the McLaren of Daniel Ricardo flipped completely around, being 180. So yeah, Charles gets to the second turn. The car's not having it. It took way too much damage in that collision. So we see Charles retire. And then, so then they red flag the race, obviously, because like there's massive amounts of debris on the track. There's multiple cars that need to be tractored off of the circuit. (laughs) So we come in for the red flag and everybody's talking about like oh my god how much stuff can we fix the entire side pod on the right hand side is ripped off of uh max verstappen's car like the floor on that side the front boards are like destroyed it's like a mess so everyone's like okay how much can we fix under the red flag and at first they they're putting lando lando's car into the garage and they're like are they gonna be trying to fix it in there they're gonna take a penalty for that as it turns out he has to retire He took enough damage in that collision from Valtteri. So Lando has to retire the car. A lot of broken hearts for him today. Yeah. So now, after essentially two-ish laps of racing, we have five drivers out off the bat instantly. (laughs) And then we have like a 20, 25-minute red flag. Oh, my God. Okay. Thank you for bringing me up to speed and our listening audience. Shit. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. This makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. I mean, I I first woke up to, to like, action and then immediate B-roll of of a red flag. Mm -hmm. I mean, the B-roll action today. Oh. As always. Look, red flags when especially when there's no injuries Mm -hmm. Um, that is just exactly what i want to wake up red flags are always great because like it means something exciting happened in the race number one and number two it provides me so much fodder of just like things to look at Mm -hmm. and think about Mm -hmm. and talk about and like i just all my friends about yeah yeah so (laughs) as always very grateful to a to a red flag particularly a red flag with like you know no severe you know no no one's who you're really uh, have to be worried about injuries yeah yeah yeah. it's just more of like it's our our egos are hurt but it's okay i'm here to to make sure it's all better you know yeah so we had some great red flag um, moments. We got a great lingering shot on Carlos, as always. Of course. No complaints course. there. The, we got a the, lovely... The intensity in his eyes. We got a lovely look <laughs> at, you know, Lewis wiping a little bit of sweat off the brow. Glistening skin. We got what would become an ongoing uh, theme of this broadcast, which I was thrilled about. We got some coverage of not one but two Williams drivers. Mm-hmm. That we, got, we did. We got an excellent lingering shot of a very intense George Russell. Yeah, talking, those those baby blues. Oh, just, oh, they're out today. Those sparkling baby blues and those long eyelashes are just yeah. They were they were doing something else. Nick Latifi was Nick. looking great today. Um, producer Soph made a comment. She's like, honestly, Nick Latifi looking like someone I would chat up at the bar right now. <laughs> so Soph and I are like, honestly, could get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, he was looking great. Before he retired, Lando was looking great. He was chilling on the pit wall with like more sparkling in the rain eyes. So absolutely no complaints about B-roll today. Do you want to do you, uh, so this week I was listening to something and someone described Lando as the Harry Styles of Formula 1. 
And <laughs> I mean, there are a few reasons why that like doesn't sit very well with me. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I could I could see it, you know, and today's B-roll only helped the fan yeah. cams. And, I mean, and I the, feel like that does. That. Yeah. I mean, it elevates certainly in that way. I just don't know if I'm getting Harry Styles energy from him. I, I don't. Mm, OK, let me let me backtrack a little bit. I don't think it was an energy as much as it was fanaticism. Mm, OK, well, yeah, from from right. that right. perspective, I would say definitely. I think he is um, all five members of One Direction to every, <laughs> um, you know, 15 to 18 year old girl who watches formula one yeah yeah men, I think, men and women sorry yeah i think that he does have a very powerful and dedicated base fan base among mm-hmm. that group and like you know lando great guy great driver no complaints for me but yeah i would say he's looking tan wise, these days i'm what i said he's looking tan these days oh yeah he's like very golden tan recently the haircut is great (laughs) i feel like yeah he's really he and pierre are both on the rookie driver to like two three years in beefing up and getting golden pipeline Mm -hmm. (laughs) i wish you guys could see the face kennedy is making (laughs) it's like it's like chef's kiss like the italian like Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I think, I think <clears throat> as, as drivers and, you know, just people in general, uh, uh, the, that, that early 20 second puberty mm-hmm. kicks in and, you know, God has his favorites and <laughs> that's all I will say about Case it. Case closed on that one. Case um, closed. It's true. There was like another element to the B-roll that I think we need to, to talk about very quickly. Sure. So at the start of the race, we did not have our traditional set of commentators commenting throughout the start and the red flag of the, the racing session. We had our lovely pre-race and post-race commentator team, Lawrence Barreto, Rosanna Tennant, and Sam Collins on the mic. And they were just giving us all the facts and figures. And to be honest, it was a lovely switch up. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I am extremely curious as to why it happened that way. I don't know. I presume there was some technical difficulties in the regular commentator box. But no, I thought they were doing lovely coverage of the start of the race, especially with so much going on and all Mm -hmm. of that. No, I was really enjoying it. It was really nice to just hear some new voices on the mic to get a little bit of a new perspective. I think the regular commentators that we hear from all the time, like Ted Kravitz, Martin Martin Brundle. Brundle. Yeah, I think they tend to return to the same topics over and over, race to race, in terms of like what parts of racecraft or racing that they find really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So I think it was really fun to hear a new perspective. But yeah, so we had that team covering up through most of the red flag period maybe with like about three or four minutes to go before restart Mm -hmm. we switched back to not quite our regular commentator team martin brundle seems to have been out this week and i believe ted kravitz was also out so we had crofty and then we had they had a special guest in the commentator box in that commentator box as well the one the, the only, only world champion, Nico Rosberg, former teammate of, of Lewis, one Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, was on the mic today. And I definitely think that he brought some really unique perspectives, especially because I his last season was in 2016. Mm-hmm. So he had he 
he's raced with most of the drivers on the grid mm-hmm. um, and, you know, has really great longstanding relationships with those people. So it was cool to get his insights throughout the race on, like, techniques that certain drivers would do because he's not only experienced them partially as a teammate, but also as a competitor. Absolutely. And I think the advantage that he has over some of the more regular commentators, some of whom were previous drivers or previous world champions, is that Nico is really the only one that we've had who was a driver during the hybrid era. So Mm -hmm. during the era where the cars had partially electric engines, which is just going to be, it's just a different type of racing. Every time there's a new era, it changes up the way the racing works. So I think it's always great to have a commentator who has experience with the racing that you are watching sort of at the time. And then like Nico, you know, he is a brand unto himself and has a very sort of unfiltered, very direct style. That he does. I really like and appreciate just as a small aside to that like there was one point later in the race where there was some defending going on between two drivers and one of the drivers was on the radio kind of complaining that they thought the other driver was weaving too much was making unsafe defending and the other commentator kind of like threw it to Nico to double check of like yo what do you think and he was just hard he was like nope I saw it it's fine yeah he was like I've been there it was on the line but whatever it's fine let's move on yeah so I really liked that but yeah, so we switched, we swapped back to sort of, we had a whole variety of commentators today, really, but swapped back to, I guess, what is mostly quote unquote regular team. And then we had a, what would have been a standing start restart, <laughs> but what was ultimately not uh, unique as a standing start restart. It definitely was unique and it played out well for the the race winner today. So... Essentially, they were in the red flag session, like we talked about, Kate shared at the beginning of the race, there was rain, so the track was wet. As they were coming out of the red flag session, all the cars had wet tires on them. However, throughout the red flag session, the track had dried, and it was not raining, and the sun had come out, and so it was a complete change. But the teams themselves weren't ready, and they sent their cars out with the wet tires that have uh, added grip, so <laughs> so it slows the cars down because they're not fighting against the elements of, of water, which would give slip to the, the track itself. So who was it but one Esteban Ocon that radioed to his team as they just pulled out for the formation lap, being like, get those tires ready. I'm coming in hot right here, right now. And one Esteban Ocon, who started a trend, he was right behind Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton did not get the call, did not get the signal. But Esteban Ocon led everyone else on the track into the pits. And they all decided to switch out their tires and start from the pit lane. So we had... (laughs) an honestly absolutely hilarious visual so if you decide to switch tires after the formation lap which you can do first of all that's like it has to be fully a driver decision the team can't talk to the driver during a formation lap so it's fully driver choice like they get out there so like esteban was the trendsetter to get out there and be like you know what i can do this on slicks put me on the slicks and then once he goes into the pit lane it starts this chain reaction but if you yeah so if you swap tires during the formation lap you have to start from the pit lane right Um, so absolutely everyone except lewis hamilton at the time the race leader right but and his team couldn't be like hey look behind you 
all these people are going into the pits. Maybe you should too. By that time, it was too late. Yeah. So we restart the race and on the grid is Lewis Hamilton by himself with absolutely nobody else there because they're all in the pits. Strategically, I think he thought, okay, well, I'll take advantage of this time. But yeah, those tires were not cutting it for him. I think Mercedes during the red flag was looking at the fact that it was potentially going to rain again. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't sure if the track was dry. I'm sure that they didn't think literally everyone else would switch over to slicks. But yeah, so they made what ultimately turned out to be a horrible bet and uh, kept Lewis on the inters when everybody else was on a slick tire. So after the restart, of course, yeah, like he started and retained first place because he started on the grid and everyone else was in the pit lane. But immediately had to go pit at the end of his first lap after the restart to go get some slick tires so that he could compete with everyone else. Which resulted in a hard race for Lewis Hamilton. But honestly, a great race for some other people. Yes. Like one, Esteban Ocon. One, Esteban Ocon. His maiden win. He's the first driver since 1983 with Elan Prost to win in a French engine, French vehicle, French team, and a French man. What an exciting day for this man. Oh, my God. However, Kate and I need to issue a formal apology. Yeah, I... Look. Okay. Look. If you listen to last week's episode... We start the episode, and we're talking about my boyfriend's F1 fantasy team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're talking about how he has asked me for advice of who he should be putting in every week and whatever and last week we were bemoaning that that last week his triple points driver was max verstappen who dnf'd out of the british grand prix right and you were sharing a tale of a guy who had told you that esteban was his lead driver and you had suggested against that. And I was also saying my boyfriend also had Esteban on his fantasy team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also, upon my advice, last week, dropped Esteban from his fantasy team. <laughs> oh, my God. And I just want to say, at the time it was given, that was acceptable advice. Yes. How Kate and I do not have a crystal ball, okay? Like, I don't know. I can't foresee events like the Hungarian GP. I just simply don't have that level of divination skill yet. I didn't put skill points into it. Uh, how are we supposed to know? How were we supposed to know that Esteban Ocon was going to come in at the race restart and lead the entire race? How were we supposed to plan yeah, for that? Come on, man. Historically so- speaking, this was not supposed to happen. Yeah, this was not an expected... Look, this is Esteban's first first place win since 2015. In GP3. In GP3. So, like, it's not... I shouldn't have had to foresee this, but, like, the worst... So, my boyfriend's moving today, so he was, like, watching the first part of the race, but he was, like, three laps behind us. And so I was getting all of these... T- texts and it's just all of these texts of like something that i know is immediately about to go wrong and like his last one before he just like stops texting for a long time is lol if okan wins this motherfucking race i'm quitting fantasy (laughs) (laughs) 
oh poor guy and i was like i'm so sorry baby i just don't know what to tell you (laughs) just just stop asking me for f1 or for fantasy advice i can't do it you're like we're we're not professionals we don't pretend to be i'm so sorry (laughs) i said i'm an enthusiast not an expert (laughs) Uh, but yeah so i've obviously gigantic congratulations to esteban so 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 happy happy for you we absolutely love a fresh podium sitter of any kind especially of new first place winner i have i love i i honestly like esteban so much i think he seems like a nice guy i think he seems like a good driver i was so upset when he missed out on the 2019 season when he didn't get another seat so i was so glad when he came back to the sport and then that he's you know had such an amazing race today please just punch I, yeah, I I've I mean Esteban like has, I've just always been a fan of him. He's he's a great driver. He's fast. Like when he has strategy on his side and has opportunities that he fully takes advantage of, like he performs. And I think he's been co- like it's been like a slow burn for Esteban mm-hmm. um, throughout his time in Formula One in. Uh, on and off track and i think today is like proof is in the pudding it's sort of been it was just such an exciting race and it was a nail biter at times because you know sebastian vettel a four-time world champion was hot on his heels fighting for that that first position but ultimately it turned out to be in esteban's favor and um, he held him off throughout the entire race and it was really due to the the strategy of his the alpine team as a whole and truly the support of our driver of the day fernando alonso his teammate who i have to issue um, a formal another formal apology i feel like i've (laughs) issued a lot of those on the pod i don't know what that means i don't want to talk too deeply about it Mm -hmm. need to reflect with my therapist um respect your privacy at this time (laughs) please respect my family's privacy at this time um (laughs) but no honestly so i have been very tough on fernando alonso since like the preseason just because i did not like the very dramatic retirement and then return to the sport two years later thing it was i yeah i didn't love that and i just wondered you know why is somebody who's already had so much experience who's already won world championships who's left the sport what opportunity are they taking away from a younger driver etc 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 had been very tough on fernando alonso that being said today i was a huge fernando alonso fan in general first of all i think humongous props to Fernando for playing great team strategy today in terms of everything he did to defend against essentially the big person he was defending against was Lewis Hamilton so Lewis was coming back up through the pack after Mercedes managed to pull off an undercut that helped Lewis get ahead of a couple people so that he wasn't like dead last Fernando did an incredible job defending against Lewis despite Lewis being in the much faster car so really held him up for a lot of laps his experience i i really think that he worked with the alpine team and 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 it was a true show of strategy but the fact that fernando alonso was able to hold off lewis for such a long time much to lewis's frustration all Mm -hmm. over the radio Mm -hmm. um is truly a testament to the the quality of his his experience 
Yeah, absolutely. And you could, I think, see, you know, even in a car with slower pace, Fernando's ability to position that car exactly where it needed to be on track so that even when Lewis had the better pace and by all rights should have gone sailing past him in corners, couldn't execute it for a long time. Yeah, so, I mean, he he and Lewis used to be teammates, so in a way, he sort of could anticipate some moves and, and outmaneuver him. Fernando Alonso, I'm so sorry. I retract most of all of my statements. It was very sweet, and like the post-race with Fernando was very sweet. He was very, very supportive of Esteban for having won there was a very big very sweet hug it was so it was so sweet and he he was waiting we'll get into to the post-race shenanigans later but he was waiting for his teammate so he could congratulate him and make sure that he was able to celebrate with Esteban in his first win because you know uh, Fernando definitely remembers what that was like. And truly, it, it, what what a birthday gift. Today is Fernando's 40th birthday. And and my favorite part of the commentary as we're, we're on the topic of Fernando uh, was when one of the commentators had said, you know, how great would it be if, if Fernando Alonso's teammate won the Formula One Grand Prix for today, the Hungarian Grand Prix, both team in the points and, you know, your teammate won. How great would it be? And Nico Rosberg was very quick to be like, um, I think it would be better if he won. But sure. Yeah, it's it's so great for his <laughs> teammate to win on his birthday. Yeah. Nico was immediately like, no, the last thing you want is for your teammate to win. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so funny. I feel like it also shows so perfectly the distinction between being a fan of a sport and a team and having been a participant. Because as a fan, you're like, oh my God, it's so great for their team. Like, I bet he's so happy for them. This is so great. And as a driver, you're like, we're coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad we're both getting points, but like, I want to fucking win this race. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're just colleagues who give like a few more full bodied hugs than I've ever given with colleagues at the workplace. Um, and like a couple more ass slaps and all that. But you know, like, it's fine. <laughs> Don't report me to HR. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just do wonder. Yeah. HR and F1 can't imagine. Y'all are making me nervous talking about ass slaps and HR. Let's get back to some race analysis. Yeah, let's do that. Now that we've gone over like sort of like the biggest meat of disaster of this race. Yeah, I want to run really quick through some of the other interesting things or like little battles that it's not really worth like spending a lot of time talking about, but I just wanted to highlight were super fun. We already talked about Alonso versus Hamilton was so fun to watch. It's so great to watch two competitors with that much skill going up against each other and two competitors we don't see racing wheel to wheel like we i've seen enough max and lewis to last a lifetime so it was fun to see fernando and lewis another one i wanted to talk about conveniently max is segueing me here because max had so much damage he spent most of the race the rest of the race towards the back of this shortened field after all of the people uh dnf'd so we did see a super fun battle between Max and um, Mick Schumacher. Lil Mick in the Haas. Lil Mick, that's a street keeping, name. Keep, <laughs> keeping, uh, keeping the big bad Red Bull behind him for quite some time and some real like elbows out defending that was 
at times maybe a little more elbows out than needed but you know he's a rookie that so f2 championship is really showing you know like he yeah. really he mick mick is gonna have a long career ahead of him and we just got like a little taste today absolutely okay so then other things i wanted to cover zero points for mclaren in this race sad we said yeah very sad so we said sorry that didn't <laughs> i do actually have um sympathy for the mclaren team it is in fact very sad i said that is a very like yeah very sad <laughs> no i mean it's it's sad because you know they are in they're vying with ferrari for for the third of the constructors at this moment in time so like yeah. and they're only three points apart as of after this race yeah mclaren is three points in the lead in that championship battle but yeah it is very tight between those teams but yeah so after lando norris's early retirement daniel ricardo definitely had damage to his car after that 180 degree rotation that he went on as part of that big cataclysm at the beginning of the race and just never managed to yeah he did but he did his job today in holding off max verstappen from from getting to the points too soon true very true because that valiant defense by daniel ricardo mm. last of the late breakers the last of the late breakers. Honey Badger, do not care. Kiss, kiss Uncle Danny. Uh, led to my other happiest moment from this race, besides Esteban's fabulous maiden win, mm -hmm. which is this was a double points Williams race. Oh, so we happy. had Nick Latifi finishing P8, his highest ever F1 finish. And George Russell finishing P9, oh. equaling his highest ever Formula One finish and his very first points finish in a Williams car. If you guys recall, at the second to last race of last season, George managed to get a P9 as um, the Mercedes reserve driver after Lewis Hamilton got COVID. But this is his very first race with points as a Williams driver. It is a culmination of two and a half years a very hard work by him and by the entire Williams team to bring that car back into a competitive place. And I know, of course, it's a result of so many cars being DNF'd, but to see that team back in the points, to see six points going to the Williams team, putting them ahead of Haas and ahead of Alfa Romeo in the <sighs> Drivers' Championship... It is. It's incredible. I it, the sun was really shining on the Williams team today. Like, it, uh, I mean, the the drivers were emotional. I think Georgie Russell and his leadership and his sportsmanship and his his like for the team. There was even a point where Nick Latifi was ahead of him on on the grid. And he radioed to the team being like, do whatever you need to do. Prioritize Nikki. He needs to stay where he is because this is means more to the team than my ego and and everything. And honestly, yeah, George was like, sacrifice my race, like whatever I can do to support Nick for Team Williams. Oh, my gosh. So it was so sweet. Goals. And that radio message was so sweet. There's a, on social media, if you're on F1 social media, I'm sure that you will see, there's a very, very sweet clip from a post-race interview with George 
where he's emotional about shock yeah yeah about securing a points finish with williams and knowing that it's a double points finish and it is just it is so sweet it is so so sweet i'm so happy for them i hope claire williams was watching yeah claire and sir frank williams yeah i i definitely just i williams is doing well this season you know you know it was really emotional um for I think George personally as a result of the end of last season and him not him just I don't want to say only achieving P9 in a Mercedes and getting his first career points but being wronged by the Mercedes team uh at the tail end of last season and and you know the the sale of the Williams team and and continuing on that legacy I really hope that for everyone involved in the team and um, the Williams family themselves really just see all their hard work, you know, for years has not been in vain. Like they really are battling back to to bring themselves up in that midfield and who knows, maybe eventually being top contenders in years to come. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, with so much gossip going on as to whether George will leave the team at the end of this season and where he will go and et cetera, I think it's really nice that he could say, I have put in a lot of work with this team. Like we secured, we took ourselves from dead last in every single race to a double points finish this year. Like, I think it's a really nice culmination of that story. Leaving leaving a team better than you found it. You know, I mean, he's he's always had enthusiasm. I think that's probably one of the best qualities about George Russell as a driver and his time in Formula One. He's always been enthusiastic. He's always been like humble and really grateful. And I think he learns a lot from Lewis Hamilton and other drivers and just watching like their gratitude for for the position that they're in mm-hmm. but I really just genuinely think that he feels like he's making his mark on Williams and doing it in the best way so I just I really hope that the second half of the season treats the Williams team just as well yes and I think especially you know all this weeder this week this was the first week in a while that George didn't make it out of Q1 in qualifying so you know Williams was not was not doing well this weekend thus far, so all the better for a double points finish. Uh, we had one other team with a double points finish that was very noteworthy. I mean, honestly, also Alpine one and five is a very not- uh, notable double um, points finish for sure. <laughs> but, but we, we already talked, talked about them, yeah, <laughs> quite a bit about them. But no, so the last one I wanted to I wanted to cover was we had a double points finish with Alpha Tauri. So Woo. we had Mr. Backwards Cap in P6. Alphatari train. And Yuki Sonoda finishing P7. So another good result for them, particularly when the sister team, the regular primary Red Bull team, had has had now two very rough weeks back to back. So I'm sure the overall Red Bull organization is happy that AlphaTauri is continuing to perform. I know that Pierre and Yuki both probably would have wanted a little bit more out of this race since sure. they do, I think, feel that they have more pace than several of the teams that finished ahead of them. But that being said, nobody's going to turn their nose up at a double points finish. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like my rundown of the most interesting like other bits on track that really happened yeah i definitely think that pierre the commentator said it today and it's been spoken about before last season p9 
Pierre, you know, as he was dropped from the Red Bull team and shifted back to AlphaTauri, has been working really, really hard to prove that he is Red Bull worthy and Red Bull quality and a top quality of, you know, having a, a top tier racing seat again. And I definitely think like his defending today against Lewis Hamilton, like really showed to the whole of the Red Bull team that he means business and he's here to be a team player, not only just for AlphaTauri, but for Red Bull as well. Yeah, I think absolutely. And I will be interested. I mean, I guess I'm sure probably like Pierre would go back to Red Bull back up into that seat in a heartbeat. It feels, I think, as somebody who, you know, has seen the dramatized version of it Mm -hmm. um, in Drive to Survive and seen like the emotional impact that was getting dropped partway through that season yeah and all of that like it makes you feel like you'd be like Ugh, like i'm not going back to you like right. why would i do that but at the same time like from a driver perspective red bull is a higher performing team with a better car and if they offer you a contract you're gonna take it yeah no question yeah so we'll see i think that red bull is still pretty happy with the pairing of checo and max i think for sure when there is not outside forces destroying their race. I think they are a better pairing than Red Bull has had since probably Ricardo and Max. But I think, you know, very interesting to see, certainly. Speaking of outside forces acting upon Red Bull, after the race, we got the update of what the penalties are for Valtteri Bottas, for his for his screw-up taking out so many other drivers, and Lance Stroll. So both of them have received five-place grid penalties for the next race. We're about to go into the summer break, so the next race is the Belgian GP at Spa in the very end of August, so they won't serve those penalties until that race, but yeah, they both have five-place penalties, which honestly, between the two of them, they took out quite a few other drivers, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. probably exactly what they deserve. But yeah, I think that brings us to wrapping up the race. Hi all, producer Sophie here. I had to step in really quick here before the girls finished the episode just to give you a couple updates on some dramatic events that unfurled post-race as well as post our recording session for this episode. So even though the ladies have some different information that they're going to talk about, it's still a fun time. I just wanted you guys to have all the facts um, from the race since things changed so dramatically. So when the girls recorded this, P2 went to Sebastian Vettel and P3, we had Lewis Hamilton. After the race, because the FIA was unable to withdraw the required one liter of fuel for post-race testing, Seb Vettel was disqualified from the race. Officials were only able to withdraw 0.3 liters of fuel. So Aston Martin appealed the decision, saying that in fact there was more than one liter of fuel remaining, but that the components needed to withdraw the fuel were broken, and that was why the FIA was unable to get the sample. So regardless, the FIA seems to have upheld their decision, disqualifying Seb, thus moving Lewis to P2 and Carlos to P3. The girls are going to talk a lot about how Carlos was wronged, which we still kind of think he was wronged because he didn't get to stand on the podium. We didn't get to see him do that. But anyway, those are the things that happened that you should know. And I know I'm not usually the one to give you those things. To be honest, Kate texted me word for word what I should say. So so 
Anyway, the girls have a lot of fun with the rest of the episode, so we hope you stick around. All right. Get in there, ladies. Kate, Kate, uh, question question for you. Um, Kennedy Barbell Lights Out podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to ask for your thoughts and feelings on uh, Carlos Sainz's performance today during the Hungarian Grand Prix. Do you care to comment? Uh, yeah, I would. I would just like to lead the group in a moment of silence mm. um, for Carlos as a competitor, our man in Ferrari red. I just think that he deserved that third place uh, podium today. I'm just saying, once again, our manifestations in our recording sessions become reality. He got it. And as much as I am generally a Lewis Hamilton fan, I just do, you know, Lewis didn't need another third place podium. He really didn't. No, 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 he didn't. He just, you know, he got a second place podium instead. What are you going to do? And I just think that Carlos looks great on a podium. And (laughs) Lewis seemed very tired post-race. I think he could have just, you know, relaxed a little in those last seven laps and given my sweet baby Carlos a third place podium. Um, That being said, that being said, very happy for my lovely Disney prince haired driver number 55 for a wonderful performance and pulling in some points for his team as Charles unfortunately did not complete the race. And, uh, you know, we Ferrari fangirls just, uh, we look towards the future and continued uh, improvements from this team. Wise words from from Kate from Lights Out Podcast. Yes, yes, (laughs) we will definitely be looking ahead towards the future of the Ferrari team and Carlos Sainz in particular. Moving on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the post-race, what a mess. (laughs) Like, everyone was jazzed, but what an absolute shambles. Moving on to the post-race shambles. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm just just not 100% sure exactly what happened. So Espan Ocon, obviously very excited and well-deserved win and victory laps were taken for him. Couple, Couple of questions. So I do know that there's only a certain amount of, you know, petrol, gasoline that they can put in a vehicle. Sure, Um, sure. But uh, Seb and Esteban and, well, Seb in particular, Sebastian Vettel, who took P2 today, he just stopped in the middle of the track. Did he run out of fuel? Like, what what happened? George Russell did the same thing. It was just like... Was he just done and exhausted? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, like, there was just, like, kind of a wealth of drivers who just kind of seemed to, like... Like, they didn't pull into the pits or anything. They just kind of like stopped and they were like, okay, I'm done and like got out of the car. <laughs> and like their teams were like, okay, guess we'll go get your Formula One, One. race car. <laughs> like, thanks for leaving it a half mile from the pits. Right, right. And then Esteban Ocon, <laughs> he like overshot and then took a victory lap and then was like, shit, I was, I had to go into the pit entry and I didn't and I'm at the pit exit now. Okay, I'll just park here and I'll run the half mile <laughs> it is from the exit to the entry to where I need to be for the podium ceremony. Yeah. So then he just jogged. We got a very hilarious long shot of Esteban just like jogging down the entirety of the pit lane because he parked on the wrong end because I mean, he's never had to park for 
a podium uh taking a podium yeah he just doesn't know he just doesn't know i mean kudos to him because there was a certain point i was like damn i i would have been winded i definitely would have just like paused and like keeled over walked a little bit 70 lap formula one race like that's quite a jog after that level of like strenuous activity like i could probably do that jog in one go after like sitting and watching an f1 race sure but um after participating i'm like (laughs) catch me in like a sedan chair being carried by four burly gentlemen like i'm not walking anywhere no feet on the ground (laughs) from the moment i get out of the car Um, oh my god but that's not the path esteban took so yeah he had a nice little you know quarter mile half mile jog yes back to his team but it was very very sweet yeah he got he back to his team every single person he hugged so every sweet. member of that alpine pit crew we already talked about he and fernando's very sweet big hug and um, fernando like put his arm around his shoulders and like pointed to him like this guy this oh it was just so sweet on the day of fernando's birth oh yeah on fernando's 40th birthday <laughs> happy 40th birthday to fernando alonso i love it i love it my favorite was the all the commentators t- talking to esteban being like well you know it is fernando's birthday so you've got like a big night ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh it was just amazing and yeah i think you know for i think esteban did a nice job in his trackside post-race interview recognizing fernando for honestly the fact that without fernando and without fernando's skill that esteban would not have won that race i think you know truly he needed somebody needed to slow down lewis hamilton because otherwise i do think esteban probably still could have managed a podium um without fernando but it wouldn't have been a first place and i think you know for it to be a win is just so special and yeah, I think that was just, it was great. Seb seemed a little bummed He to did. Be in second. He did. I think he's pleased in general because this is the second time he's been on the podium this season under the Aston mm-hmm. Martin name. Um, yeah. Obviously, no stranger to the podium, Seb Vettel. Oh, this is pretty sad. For as much as we talk about Seb in this episode, it's so, it's, uh, it's sad he didn't get that podium uh uh, okay just keep going but i think for esteban seeing like the the joy in his face it was like a little worth it so we'll see and i will also say so seb was on the podium in second place and he wore on not on the podium on the podium podium. his mask on the podium he was wearing a rainbow striped mask in tribute to pride i believe i think it's just like maybe german pride month is just a month after u.s pride month i think so too but so he was wearing a mask on the podium but during the national anthem prior to the race he was also wearing a rainbow uh t-shirt with a pride related message on it that i now forgot what it said it says same love same love Yes. And he has been, which is, this is something we saw last season with some of the racial justice related shirts, but he has apparently been called to the stewards for wearing that shirt during the national anthem. And his response has been, I'm happy if they disqualify me. They can do whatever they want to me. I don't care. I would do it again. That That is a man. That is a man is a who man. stands up for what he believes in and what he supports. He and 
Lewis Hamilton and some of the younger drivers, they're very vocal and they use their platform for good and to to boost messages that they believe need to be heard. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sebastian, or not Sebastian, yeah, Sebastian Vettel doesn't have social media. So, like, the yeah. he, he chooses, you know, his moments to share his point of view. And for him to, to use his platform in such a public way like that, it's good on him. And this is actually the second race in a row of some um, activism from Seb. At the British GP last week, he was also to promote like a climate initiative. He post-race in his Aston Martin team kit went and cleared up all the trash from the grandstands. Honestly, I'm... I think the move to Aston Martin was great for Seb for a lot of reasons, but I also think that Aston Martin is a team that maybe allows him to have more of a personal voice as a driver, maybe doesn't quite so tightly control Mm -hmm. image. And I think that Seb is really taking advantage of that, particularly as a driver who isn't on social media and has limited pathways at that point to promote things so i am super happy with seb today super happy with fernando alonso today please just punch we'll see with esteban if I Ocon. Stay happy with him thrilled for esteban Ocon. thrilled for williams all around awesome 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 race today i had so much fun i mean watching. and in closing thrilled for lewis hamilton he fought his way from essentially a reverse grid up to p3 and you know it is I know I'm not alone in this, but I will say, on behalf of the Lights Out crew, we're very pleased to see Toto Wolf's face, his his headshot, mm-hmm. back next to the the constructors' uh, standings. We missed him, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're we're pleased to see him back back on top. Very very pleased to see Toto once again. And yeah, congratulations! I you know I think Lewis put in a huge effort today for all the drivers. We're heading into the break, so everyone will get some time to recharge and recoup. Um, before the second half of the season, where all of these very interesting championship battles are going to just Intensify. continue to heat up. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. You want to talk about the news? Yeah. Let's hit the news. Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. No. So to start off this week in racing news, there was two things that we wanted to acknowledge that happened this week outside of the world of Formula One, but within the world, the broader world of racing. The first of those being Jack Aiken, a Mercedes reserve driver, was involved in a crash with three other drivers at the Spa 24 Hours race. Jack is okay, but he did unfortunately suffer has suffered a broken vertebrae and a broken collarbone so obviously we send our best wishes to him you know hopefully we will eventually get to see those test drivers back out on the track maybe in the second half of the season so hopefully jack is rested up and healed prior to that the second thing we wanted to acknowledge was at a different form of racing in a different track this same weekend unfortunately a volunteer marshal also was involved in an incident um, and passed away as a result of that and we just wanted to send our best wishes obviously to the family and everyone involved in that volunteer marshals are really important to all kinds of motorsport and it's obviously very tragic anytime that they're involved in any type of incident 
So we wanted to acknowledge both of those things as having happened this week. Last week, we had a kerfuffle on the track, which has been covered at nauseum in the media this week. But the price point of the repairs that needed to be made to Max Verstappen's vehicle after he and Lewis Hamilton had a racing incident occur during the Silverstone British GP was 750,000 euros in damage to to get Max's car ready for this week and then it got damaged again. So best of luck to the the Red Bull pit crew and the team and their finance department um, <laughs> as accounting tries to find dollars and cents to uh, field the repairs there. When it comes to these vehicles, they're so specific and so expensive and the best of the best. And it only requires the best of the best to repair them mm-hmm. to get them back in racing form. So definitely a huge blow financially to the the Red Bull team. With rumors that Sergio Perez might need another new engine following this crash at the Hungarian GP, yeah, Red Bull is going to be looking at that cost cap and sweating with as many races left in the season as there are. So best of luck to Christian Horner and crew in figuring out how to get all of the repairs done and still have as many parts as they need to finish out the season and finish out their championship battle with Mercedes and you know I'm sure they hope very much to come out on top so we shall see how that develops I'm sure there will be more news updates related to that throughout the summer break and as we come back in spa to the Belgian GP and learn a little bit more about what the fallout from this Hungarian GP exactly is going to be Definitely. Kate, you brought up and brought up to our memory these uh, new pit regulations that are going to be going into effect after the summer break. Can you chat a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the FIA has updated and postponed the technical directive that they sent out. So a little bit earlier in the season, actually, the FIA, the governing body of the sport, had sent out a technical directive about pit stops related to pit stops, basically forcing teams to slow them down for safety's sake saying that some teams were trying to do them so quickly that essentially it was causing unnecessary risk to pit crews. So they issued a technical directive about how quickly you are allowed to do a pit stop. So now, you know, Red Bull has been much vaunted for having the fastest pit crew in F1 with sub two second pit stops. Those are a thing of the past. You are now no longer allowed to do a sub two second pit stop i believe under these new technical directives but they were going to be these rules were going to be instituted a little bit earlier they ended up getting delayed so now they will take effect at the belgian gp and some of the minimum times that were originally going to be imposed will be removed although they will have to prove that the mechanic at each wheel gun manually presses the button indicating that the wheel is securely installed so this is also as a result of some things that we've seen in previous seasons where in an attempt to do very fast pit stops, we've seen several cars from several teams be sent out before wheels were secured on the vehicle, Yeah, which is obviously hugely risky to the drivers, risky for the pit crew, just really dangerous all around. So the FIA is stepping in with some new regulations that will be taking effect to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, Formula One all around is a high stakes game. But it's very quick to forget that that also involves the mechanics and the crew and the people who are not physically in the vehicle, too. So 
hopefully those safety measures and new policies taking place will just bring a little bit more comfort to everyone involved. And lastly, we do have a little bit of driver 2022 lineup news, being that Haas has announced that Nikita Mazepin will be continuing on for the 2022 season. Unconfirmed about uh, Mick Schumacher at this moment in time, but Haas, one of Haas' seats has already been secured. So we'll keep our eye, especially as we return from the summer break. This is sort of the time where negotiations and things are finalized. Um, and, you know, as we close out the second half of the, of the season, we're going to start hearing more and more about lineups and strategies being finalized and firmed up for each team. So be on the lookout for that information in coming episodes. Sweet. You know what I think it is, Kate? I think it's time for a little social media star of the week. Oh, yeah. Self, self doing a little shoulder shimmy in support of the social media star of the week segment. Da, 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 da. Do we need the music for social media star of the week? I think so. I keep thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. We should make a song. We. Yeah. We. We, we should make a song, by which we mean <laughs> Sophie will make a song. She's amazing. All right, amazing. so let's drop the new track now. <laughs> it's actually Flaxons. just an air horn. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not God. a song. It's just a fucking long air horn noise. <laughs> the social media star. The media star of, star of the week. Power. Star of the week. Star it up. Woo! How'd All you right, like that? Kate, Kate wasn't I... that so great? So fantastic job yes well done snaps, snaps for that. you snaps, snaps snaps for that all right let us know how you liked it all right but kate what was your who let's talk social media star of the week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. give well, it I mean, to me i was i was going to ask you oh okay i have mine okay go ahead okay um i think it's very in line with sort of everything we've been talking about so my social media star of the week is not necessarily someone who is on social media but has great moments that take social by storm when they happen. So on Thursday at the Hungarian Grand Prix, there was a couple that got engaged and a note was slipped to Sebastian Vettel, who happened to be one of the the partner's favorite driver, letting them know that, hey, I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. Um, would it be possible for you to come and greet us? And we're going to do it right here at the Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend on Thursday. And Seb was kind enough to oblige. And so on early Friday morning, um, the proposal happened and Seb popped out and he gave the happy couple a little congratulations. And it was just such a sweet moment. I like I I love Seb. I like Sebastian Vettel. I just think is like such a nice person and I think that he has such a great relationship with his fans and it's really neat that they like to involve him in special moments in their lives and just make them a little bit sweeter with Sebby V. <laughs> I've never called him that before. Sebby V is uh if he was a spice girl. <laughs> I'm just saying. But it's so sweet. That is extremely extremely sweet. I love that a lot. Um, yeah, I will admit it's been a quite a busy week for me, so I have not been quite as in touch with Formula One social content as I sometimes am. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think it's been long enough 
Um, <laughs> I think it's been long what enough. What are you going to say? I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> I think it's been long enough since I last awarded this to Carlos. Oh, my Simply God. for being hot. <laughs> I knew you know that's what was going to happen. I absolutely knew. I just okay, okay. I have those. You know what? He had a hard race today. He he's just he deserves this. He needs this gold star this from consolation. Me. Uh, no, uh, so in particular, there's share just, with us what did he particularly do that was especially hot this week? Sure, Kate? sure. Oh God, my boyfriend's father listens to this sometimes. This is terrible. Um. <laughs> So one of my favorite things, and we've talked about this in the past in relation to social media, I like when the F1 brands interact with one another um, and acknowledge that like they're all part of this like very small tight knit community and that like they are competitors, but sometimes like it can be a little fun and silly. And there's this like long running joke that Valtteri Botas loves coffee, loves espresso. And always has it on race day before a race. I feel like that is crazy on brand. Yeah, doesn't it? Like, as he's, like, sitting in his sauna, <laughs> looking out at the Finnish countryside, just sipping an espresso, like, very intensely. But yeah, so Valtteri loves his espresso. And <laughs> Ferrari posted a video this week, I think yesterday, or maybe even this morning, but I think yesterday. They posted a reel of of Carlos making espresso. And first of all, I will say he has a backwards cap on, mm. mm-hmm. which is just a powerful look for me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they ca- it's just cute. They're, I don't know. They're speaking Italian the whole time, so I have no clue what they're saying. <laughs> but they just captioned it, ever wondered who's the maestro behind Valtteri's coffee? And then they tagged Valtteri. And like, I don't know. I just think it's a cute moment. I will also say one other point in Carlos's favor. There's been a lot of fans in Hungary this week. And like, they're coming to like driver hotels and stuff. So drivers are like starting to post a little more content of them interacting with fans of F1 as opposed to just people working within F1. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were some, he did post some very sweet pictures of greeting people inside of the Hungary airport. And his hair just looks really good, you guys. <laughs> it's all about the locks. It's it really just, is. I it's hair is something that can be so personal. Uh yeah. Yeah. It and, makes or breaks someone. I mean, yeah. Kate and I have like a mutual love of young Keanu Reeves oh. simply for like or one any of the Keanu reasons. Reeves? Is, like any Keanu Reeves. Oh. But specifically because of this like flock of seagulls floppy hair. Mm. moment so like any kind anytime like we see little like body some wave some f- like fullness to those that crowning glory of locks oh we're just you know and carlos signs delivers on yeah. all those points. oh he's delivering he's delivering on track he's delivering <laughs> in the salon he's delivering in the airport i couldn't ask for more so yeah um <laughs> I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my social media star of the week to Carlos this week. I'm sorry to be so predictable, but sometimes <laughs> you just gotta go back to those comfort choices. Yeah, creature comforts. That's really, really what gets us through these times, you know. <laughs> Carlos Sainz is my emotional support animal. <laughs> He's my emotional support driver. Yeah, he should yes. be able to fly for free with me. <laughs> On my lap. Okay. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm 
you know, I'm going to go, uh, what am I going to, well, I'm going to take a shower because let me tell you what, I am sticky. It is warm in this room. It's roasting. Has, has Soph sprayed her peppermint spray on her? No. I've had no peppermint spray this whole time. (laughs) This production is is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Does she make make the music? She she keeps us on track. Uh, You know, she has her whole system where she edits this dang thing for us. Her true sole priority each episode should be bringing this peppermint spray to each session. This was in my contract writer. It was like throat coat in the green room. Oh, oh, she found it. Spray me once every 20 minutes with the peppermint stuff. (laughs) Oh my god, that's my eye! (laughs) Well, now that Sophie's blinded me for the remainder of the podcast, we're gonna do a nasal rinse and an eye flush today, aren't we, Kate? She put it on my thighs, so at least they're cool now. Oh my oh, god. Thighs and eyes only, apparently, today. Thighs and eyes. I'm also in my jammies, so... Yeah, your Pirelli jammies. Yeah, I wore my... Honestly, I'm starting to think... I don't want to call it cursed, because I love all of the races where terrible, crazy things happen, but every time I've worn this Pirelli t-shirt, mm-hmm. first of all, it's rained, and second of all, <laughs> it's been just a disastrous race for some people, and so I'm like... Hey, should I start bad I start pulling it out? No. Pfft. Sucks for them, but like I had a great time. <laughs> when there've been a few lulls of some races, you're like, "Oh, I'm going to pull out the Pirelli t-shirt. We got to spice this up." Yeah. Catch me at the Russian GP or like Yas Marina. Like the Yas worst tra- the worst the worst track of the season just like uh, with the Pirelli shirt like, "Come on, man. <laughs> Give me a sandstorm or some something." Juice in here. Yes. Um, well, all right. That was, you know, that was a lot. And you know what, Kate? I think we should take a three-week summer break. Yeah, I think we earned it. Especially after we took a break two weeks before this. (laughs) I need a lot of rest, okay? It's it's been a long 11 races, okay? We we need, we deserve a break, too. Yeah. We deserve a break, too. (laughs) Yeah. So we will be taking... We will. I mean, there's no racing to cover during the summer break, as you might imagine. Right. right. So We're, we'll drop a drop a new Road to Formula One episode. Yes. But until then, the next time you'll catch us for a race recap will be the last weekend in August. We will see you in Spa. At Spa. In Spa. I think. I guess at Spa in Belgium. In Belgium at Spa in Spa yes. in the Spa. Either way, spa? I'll be at a spa during the break, for sure. Spa. Um, and then the rest of them will be at spa on August 29th. Yes. Yeah. And until then, stay cool, folks. It's toasty. If you need us to, Sofa's available to come spray some peppermint spray on you as yeah. well. Yeah, we'll start selling some branded. It'll be the dog merch, and it'll be peppermint sprays. <laughs> peppermint and that's spray actually only. No human. That is our only human that's our only Spray. human product, actually. <laughs> Dogs and peppermint. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll chat to you next time. Bye. Bye. And then so comes in and goes, <clears throat> you've been listening to Lights Out.